Well, good morning. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, you've probably already been clued in that this morning that we are going to be talking about prayer. There's a couple of uh, difficult things when you preach on prayer. First of all, there's really not going to be any aha moments. I don't think anyone's going to say in here this morning, wow, prayer, I really should be doing that. I think we all know that we should pray. Another danger, though, is really the ability for me to really just lay down loads of guilt upon you. I mean, I mean, if I really wanted to load guilt down on you, I could just change that title to one thing, Sweet Hour of Prayer. And you would have already felt the guilt coming down upon you. Now, that's not what I want to do. Now, not that guilt is necessarily bad, because you, some of you may feel some guilt, as long as that is a conviction that leads you to a change. But guilt is a, I guess, a good short-term motivator. It's just not a good long-term motivator. You're not going to feel guilt and then go to your prayer room and cons- consistently stay that way based upon the guilt that you feel. There has to be a stronger motivation than that. And that stronger motivation is love. So I guess I should put it this way. I want you to feel some guilt if need be, but just a little while and let it turn to the right motivation. Because guilt is so easy. Let me just do a quick survey here. How many of you this morning would say, I feel like I, I pray enough? Raise your hand. Okay, look, I ain't nobody got their hand up. How many of you would say, I feel like I could pray just a little bit more? Yeah, everybody. So that's what I'm talking about. So I, I don't want to go there. I want to give you the proper motivation for prayer. The other thing I don't want to do this morning, I'm going to try not to do, is to give you like a manual of prayer. Um, again, it's not checking off a to-do list in prayer. It is talking to your heavenly Father. Uh, I can't remember which preacher I heard this from. This isn't original with me, but it's such a great illustration of what I'm talking about. But men, imagine that you come home, your wife greets you at the door, and you put a big old smoocher right on her. And she is like, "Woo, man, what is the deal? And then you say to her, well, in the marriage manual, it says when I come home, I should kiss you. Now, what's she going to do with that marriage manual? Yeah, I mean, that thing's going to be burnt or she's going to have you stuffed and eaten it. So the thing is, is I don't want you to look at prayer as a to-do list. This is what I want. I want you, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? I'm just going to throw it right out there, get ready, hold on to this. I want you to come Wednesday night to the house of prayer. That's what I want. Now, already some of you are feeling guilt. You say, man, I work. Okay, if you work, man, if you are providentially hindered, I understand. But if you're not, if you're not, I want you to be here because I believe in the power of prayer. Now, the second thing I would say that I want is I want you to have an accurate, a fresh perspective on prayer, not to have a stale perspective on prayer where I'm coming and I'm going through this list, yada, 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 yakety, smackety, boom, amen, done, check that off. That is not prayer. I also want you to, as I go through this message, to take it personally. You'll uh, probably notice on your listening guide, there's no blanks. Everybody here that is OCD is going crazy right now. I need a blank. I got to fill it in. 
There's no blanks, because I don't know what the blank is for you this morning. We're going to be talking about a number of things, but as the Lord speaks to you, I want you to write it down. There are pens in the back of the seat. There will be a test later, so write down what the Lord speaks to you. And then finally, i got to say this, I want you to pray. I mean, we're going to do something very radical at the close of this message. We're going to pray, every one of us. But I don't want it to be just here, I want it to be everywhere. I want you to pray at home. I want you to pray at work. I want you to pray here. I want you to pray in the car with your eyes open. <laughs> but I want you praying all the time. I don't think there's any better passage for us to look at than Matthew chapter 6, which is called the model prayer that the Lord gives us. Now, in Luke chapter 11, now we won't turn there, but again, this prayer is, is in Luke chapter 11. And in this situation, the disciples come to Jesus. He had been praying, and they say, uh, Master, teach us to pray. There was something different about his prayer. Now, these Jewish boys, they knew how to pray. They had been taught as young children when to pray, where to pray, how to pray, what to pray, who to pray to, and what direction to face when you are praying. So they knew all about prayer, but there was something different about the prayers of Jesus Christ that motivated them and caused them to say, Lord, teach us to pray. So let's look at that passage, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It says, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So that there is the model prayer. Now in here, I want you to know that this is not the prayer that Jesus is saying, okay, now guys, you pray this. These are magical words. And if you will say these words three or four times a day, oh, God is going to bless you. The Heavenly Father is going to bless you. These are not magical words. This is a pattern. I remember when I went to a religious school as a young child, and uh, I would do something wrong. One of the things they would do is have me pray what they called the Our Father. Steve, you were talking in class. Our Father, 20 times, give it to me. I mean, and, and you know how fast you can say the Our Father? Our Father, who art in heaven, hold be done. The kingdom of no will be done. I mean, 20 times. And I went out of that not changed at all. Jesus here is giving us a pattern for prayer. It, it's an outline. It's not saying these exact words, but what he's wanted to tell us is what is important. So it's important that we look at his teaching. Now we start with just that first phrase. Let's just start there. Our Father. That's already radical. Just looking at the word our, Jesus uses the pronoun our. He could have said my. He said, look guys, when you pray, pray like this. My Father who is in heaven. But he didn't. He used the word our. Now what is the reason for that? I believe because there is power in prayers of the people who are united together. That's why we're having a house of prayer. It's when we can come together as a church and pray together. It is so important 
that as a body of Christ, that this value that Jesus has given to us, that we value it. And that we say, yes, prayer changes things. I will come together with the body of Christ and I will pray. And I think that's what Jesus was telling us. He could have said my, he said our. Now, there's only a couple reasons why that won't work. One, our won't work if you're not here. For it to be our for you, right? For you to say our Father. If I'm in my quiet time little room and I'm praying, I'm saying my Father. It's just me. But for us to pray together, you need to be here. It is important. Our Father. And the other thing is there has to be some unity. You've got problems with somebody, you need to take care of that. I mean, the Bible's very clear. Behold how good and how precious it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133. It's, it's good. It's, it's precious. And what did John say in his gospel? By this all men will know, get this, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this hour is very powerful. And when we are united as the body of Christ, let me tell you something, we cannot be stopped. In fact, Jesus said the very gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And us united is more powerful than you can believe. And united in prayer, Lord, help us. We can take this community for Christ. But the problem is, it's not always, is there an hour? And there needs to be that. But even more radical is the next word, Father. Now, in the entire Old Testament, the name Father was used of God 14 times. Genesis to Malachi, 14 times. In this chapter alone, Jesus uses the word Father 10 times. He is showing us that something has radically changed in our relationship with him, most of the time the disciples would use a, a name or a title like Adonai was a popular one. But here, they hear Jesus crying out, Father. And they're saying, wow, Jesus, your prayers, they're so close, they're so, they're so wonderful. Teach us to pray. And he starts off with, our Father, who art in heaven or who is in heaven. It gets even closer than that when you think about it. And y'all probably remember the story, but in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is in the garden. He is simply hours from the cross, from that moment when all the sins, your sins, my sins, all of them will be placed upon him. He's just hours from that, and, he, and, he's, and he's speaking to the heavenly Father. He says... Abba, Father, I know all things are possible with you. If possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Abba, that word Abba is a word that a young child would call their father, like, like Daddy. And you can hear in the heart and the emotion of our Savior that closeness, that intimacy with the Heavenly Father as he cries out during that moment of emotional turmoil, he says, Abba. Oh, that we could be that close. That we could have that type of relationship. Well, turn in your Bibles, because I, I want you to turn there, because this is so important. Turn to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Look at this. Speaking to us as believers. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Not only does Jesus have that close relationship, but now us, we can have that intimacy with him. We can cry out, Daddy, Heavenly Daddy, I need you, and he hears you. What a privilege. And let me tell you, that's the motivation. For prayer is love. Man, it's just being in his presence. When I used to come home from work, it was just so great. I'd come home, and I have all these little kids at home, and I'd walk through the door, and what would I hear? Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And they run, they grab my legs, and I'm walking around with them on my legs like this, and it was the greatest thing in the world. Now, they quit doing that around teenage years, but still. When they were young, they loved their daddy. And it just was such a blessing. And here's the thing. You, you have a better relationship than that with your heavenly daddy, with your heavenly father. A closer, more intimate relationship. Now, I want to say just a few words here about that. I know some of you here... When you think about dads, it's not a great memory. I mean, either your, uh, your dad had, you know, checked out, he was jacked up. I don't know what the deal was, but he wasn't a good dad. And you struggle when you come to this point about a heavenly dad. What I want you to do is imagine in your mind the best dad possible, the most wonderful one. And I will tell you this, he is infinitely better than that. He is a dad that will never ever give up on you that wants to hurt you he wants to help you he's there for your good you come to him and say our father our daddy he is coming to you with open arms waiting for you to come to him like the dad running to the prodigal son he runs to you you've got to open that door you've got to come to him some of you have dads that whatever they, they died when you were young maybe they checked out you didn't have one at home. Let me tell you something about this dad. He will never, ever leave you or forsake you, ever. I will say this. In the church of Jesus Christ, there is never a fatherless generation in this church. Every one of us has a heavenly father, a heavenly dad. So we start with our Father, which is just absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Th then he says, who is in heaven. Now, you know, you think, why would that be in there? I mean, because the truth is, who is in heaven? Of course he's in heaven. I mean, there's not another Father, right? And you don't pray to our Father who is in Pluto. You don't do that, right? There's one Father, he's in heaven. But I think the reason Jesus includes that is because he wants our minds to go home. See, this is a family affair. You're his children, he's your dad. Heaven is home, man. That is where he is. This world is not your home. Man, it is not. Oh, man, this world stinks compared to what he's got for you up there. 
That's home. And in fact, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on home. Think about home. That's where he is. And I'm not talking about a home like your home either. No, 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 no. You're coming into the presence of God. It's like coming into the very holy of holies, man. I mean, it is, it's incredible. I mean, when you see Isaiah chapter 6, the smoke, you know, the, the glory. You know that uh, Moses, when the children of Israel went to Mount Sinai, only Moses could go up the mountain. They had to set up boundaries so no one else would go up the mountain, right? Uh, the Holy of Holies in the uh, tabernacle and in the temple. That was the place with the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God was there. And the way this worked is that one man could go in there once a year. That's it. But now, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, that veil was torn in two. It is open, and now home for you is right in the Holy of Holies. Isn't that amazing? Man, that ought to bless your socks off. I'm going right into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. And he says, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be your name. Now, names meant a lot in... Uh, in Jewish life, uh, in fact, we see in the Bible, names were changed oftentimes. Abram was changed to Abraham. Uh, Jacob, which meant like a deceiver, a supplanter, was changed to Israel, to one who strives with God. Um, Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. Names were very, very important. And here, we are speaking of a very holy name. In fact, that's what hallowed means, the, that word is really the base word there is holy. His name is holy. Now, if you could go to Isaiah 6 or in Revelation and where they open up the windows of heaven for you a little bit and you look in there and you see the worship that's going on. Now, when you see the worship, what you, don't, you, don't, you don't hear the angels crying out, love, 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 are they? They're not crying out, patient, patient, patient. What are they crying out? Holy, holy, holy. He is holy. Holy is his name. He has a holy name in a holy place. Now, holy means he's sanctified. He's set apart. Man, he's unique. He is one of a kind. This God, he is not, you were created in his image, but he is far above you. Where he is, I mean, it is rarefied air up there. He is incredible. The most high God. The one who created space, but yet space can't contain him. He created time, yet sits outside of time. And past, present, future, all the same to him. And this being is hallowed. He's holy. He's unique. 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 Most high. Most high. Most high. Set apart, set apart, set apart. And what's so crazy about all of that is that this most holy, incredible God, when we pray to him, we don't start out with holy, holy, holy. We start out with our Father. Our daddy. What amazing grace. 
Well, then he goes on. The next point, are y'all writing? Okay, lift up your listening guide. I want to see it. Come on. Uh Uh-huh. The Lord is watching you. Anyway. All right, the next one, your kingdom come. All right, your kingdom come. Now, what's, you know what that's saying? We're talking about family affair here, right? We're praying to the heavenly father who's holy, holy, he's great, he's awesome, he's a great dad. Your kingdom come. You know what that kind of says to me? Your kingdom, I, I want a little taste of home, dad. I want a little taste of home. This world does stink sometimes, doesn't it? And I need you. Your kingdom come. Come to this place. We need to hear from you. We need to see you. You know, when we talk about his kingdom coming, that lets us know a couple of things. One, it lets us know there's two kingdoms, right? In fact, when we pray your kingdom come, you know what we're praying? Well, I mean, we're really, we're praying for an invasion. <laughs> we want, Lord, your kingdom to come to this place, to this enemy place right now, and we want you to land here, and we want your kingdom to spread out in power and in glory. Kind of like the 81st Airborne, we're asking for some parachuters, drop down, come on behind enemy lines, and let's go. He's given us a mission. When his kingdom comes, he changes things. Let me tell you, his kingdom came to my family. I was the first one saved in my family. I had a sister who was lost, two alcoholic parents. And I prayed for them, prayed, prayed for them, thy kingdom come. And let me tell you, my sister got saved, my mom got saved, my dad got saved. He became a pastor. That is Jesus' kingdom coming to earth. And that's what we want to see. Go ahead, clap. That's worth it. (laughs) Do you want your kingdom coming to your family? Do you want his kingdom coming to your community? Do you want his kingdom going to unreached people groups who have not heard about him? Then pray, thy kingdom come. But let me tell you something else. That means your kingdom goes kaput. And most of us have our kingdoms. Most of us make our decisions based upon this. I won't say most of us. Some of us make our decisions based upon this. What pleases me? What pleases me? In this, I've got to make a decision. What pleases me? The decision needs to be based upon what pleases Christ. And don't bring the worldly kingdom into your prayers. You know? Don't, don't be praying, Lord, I'm... You know, I'm, I'm buying a new truck. And I pray you give me, give me wisdom to choose the right color. Okay. That, that's your kingdom. That's the, no, we're talking Christ's kingdom that we want displayed on the earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like Jesus prayed. What did he pray? Not my will, but thine be done. Can you pray that? Can you pray, not my will, but thine be done? Would you be willing to give up a football game because Christ called you to go help a neighbor? You say, yeah, about third quarter yesterday, I would be able to. (laughs) Would you be able to drive an older car a little bit longer because he wants you to give to something so that his kingdom comes? His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, then his next line is, give us this day our daily bread. Now, most of us just kind of skip through that line because if there's one thing that we can handle on our own, isn't it, giving our, getting our daily bread? I mean, I've never 
did without food. There's always been something. Now, I will say this. We had one little hurricane, potential hurricane. wasn't even a hurricane, but a potential one. And in the store, there was no bread. Now, just think about this. What if the Walmart trucks didn't come the next day? Then you may be praying, give us this day our daily bread. But this is our daily needs that he's talking about here. Your daily needs. And, And let me just say, your life is more fragile than you think. You think you got it under control. I can handle the bread part, God. Just, uh, you know, take care of my promotion. No, that, that's not right. You can't even take care of the bread part. Not without him, you can't. Give us this day our daily bread. It acknowledges our dependence upon him. But it's not just for our physical food. I mean, it's not like you can't pray for fish. Give us this day our daily fish. What he's talking about is your daily provision. That could be in relationships. Maybe there's a marriage being torn apart, being hurt. It could be about that. Maybe you've lost a loved one. You're grieving. It could be that, Lord, I need you. I need my daily bread. I need the living bread right now. It is that daily provision that you come to God for that feeds you and nurtures your heart and soul. Man, when you're when your body, when you're physically famished, when your heart is famished, when your soul is famished, give us this day our daily bread. And then that next line, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This kind of goes back to our. Remember our, we talked about that, O-U-R, our? It kind of goes back to that. And I like the way, well, of course I like the way it starts off, Jesus said it, but I like the way Jesus did this because he starts with who? Forgive. Uh, he didn't, we don't say, Lord, forgive all them filthy sinners out there. No, we start with us, don't we? Forgive us. You know what? More arguments would be resolved if everybody did that. What did I do wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to talk for like two or three hours about what you did wrong. Right? Hey, I'm not talking about anything personal here. just want you to know. It's my wife walks in. But, the, uh, but start with yourself. Start with you. And he says, forgive us our debts. And here's the way. We're talking about reconciliation Here's something. Have you done something wrong to somebody? Have you? Or is there a relationship that's not reconciled? Who's called to do that? Them? No, you. You. Right now on your listening guide, maybe there's a relationship that's not reconciled. Write that relationship down. Write it down. To God, I'm going to obey you in this. And it starts with you. It starts with you. And it starts with forgive me my debts. That's where it's our created me a clean heart, O oh God, renew a right spirit within me. As we forgive our debtors, of course, we have to be able to forgive. You've been hurt, you've been betrayed, big deal. I shouldn't say it like that. Jesus was hurt and betrayed, and what did he say? Father, forgive them. You are never, and hear me, listen to this, okay? You are never more like Jesus Christ when you forgive those who have hurt you. That was one of the final things he did from the cross. And then to find that last line, forgive us our debts as we, I'm sorry, that's not the last line. (laughs) And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. That line, do not lead us into temptation. The, The issue is there, I mean, take the opposite of that. 
I mean, we would never pray, right? Dear God, lead me into temptation. That would be prideful. Again, here we're acknowledging we can't handle it on our own. Do not lead us into temptation. Jesus said to his disciples, keep watching and praying that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we're to watch and pray that we enter not into temptation and ask the Lord to help us there. We acknowledge and need his help. But then the final, but deliver us from evil. Or it could say, and some of your um, Bibles might say, deliver us from the evil one. The fact is we can't go into temptation. We can't go into a battle with Satan or the evil one in our own power. But there is evil in this world, and we do need deliverance. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the evil the, the, uh, that is in this world these principalities that are right now seeking to destroy you. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy and wants to destroy you. And how can you possibly survive? The Heavenly Father, deliver us from the evil one. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will he'll flee. But you got to start with submitting to God. And prayer is an important part of that. Y'all remember that story of the, uh, of the young boy? Remember Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter James, uh, Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. They came down. There was this boy that was demon-possessed, and the disciples could not, could not deliver him. And then Jesus came down there and, in fact, did deliver him. In fact, I'm going to turn there, Mark chapter 9. You can turn there if you want, but I'm going to turn there and read it to you. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. He's talking about that. And his disciples, well, verse 28, his disciples said, why could we not drive it out? Why could we not drive out the demon? And listen what he says to them. Jesus said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. You know, this is what I believe. I do not believe, I do not believe our community, I do not believe our nation will be delivered apart from prayer I am so serious I don't think we'll elect anybody in political office that can, that can deliver this nation at this point the only thing that will deliver us from the evil one is prayer prayer let me tell you is spiritual warfare you are storming fortresses when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ. So, the Lord's Prayer. Why are we calling this then a house of prayer? I mean, when Jesus spoke about house of prayer where we're going to be praying, why did he call it a house of prayer? Was he, what was he speaking about? Was he calling it, he was speaking about the temple, was he not? He was there at the temple. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Where's the temple today? That temple was destroyed. Where is the temple today? You are the temple. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, let me just read this to you. It says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. 
in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into. Now, that's us. The whole building. We're all part of the building. The whole building is being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Us. The church. Now, I don't mean the building. I mean, take away the, uh, take away the building. Take away all these comfortable chairs you're sitting on the floor. Uh, take away the air conditioning. Okay. Everybody that is still here, <laughs> you are the temple. And this temple will be called a temple, a house of prayer. It's something that, that Jesus invites us to. Will you, uh, will you answer his invitation to pray? I mean, Jesus, in speaking to the church at Laodicea, what he says is this. He goes, now he's not speaking to a lost people. He's speaking to believers. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He's inviting you to intimacy, to fellowship with him. But you've got to open the door. Will you answer the invitation to pray? And then the second question I have for you is, will you come together to pray in his name? In Matthew 18, 20, it says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. He is here with us. When we pray together, Jesus himself is with us. Isn't that great? Isn't that incredible? Okay, here comes the radical part. Now, you've written on your listening guide, haven't you? Okay, what I want us to do now is I want us to pray together. You can pray with someone you, you'd like, pray in groups, or you can pray by yourself. But I want us to pray together, and we're just going to go through the Lord's Prayer. So everyone, just bow your head, close your eyes, get with someone if you want to, do it right there. But we're going to be praying together, and we are going to make this place right here a temple of prayer. So let's start. Our Father, who art in heaven, do you, do you love him? Tell him you love him. He's your heavenly father right now. Daddy, I love you. How I long for home. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to come into the Holy of Holies. Pray to your heavenly daddy. And then hallowed be your name. I'll cry out as the angels in heaven, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Worship him. Where do you need his kingdom to come? Your family? Your workplace? 
Maybe you just need him to tear down the kingdom you've built and let his kingdom rule and reign in your life. Oh, pray. Oh, let your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Right now, what are you holding on to? You don't want to release. It's hard for you to say, like Jesus, not my will but thine be done. But this morning, could you say that? Could you surrender? Whatever that is. Whatever it is. You've been struggling. You've been fighting. And now you just lay it, not my will, but thine be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And there's probably 300 people, and I promise you there's 300 needs in this worship center. What do you need today? What's that daily bread look like for you? Where are you hurting? Where are you starving? Where do you need a touch from a loving Heavenly Father? Go to Him. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. <laughs> I would imagine there's a few in here that need to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I blew it this morning coming to church. I blew it. There's someone that I've been, that I have been at odds with for years. And I've never reconciled. This morning I'm committing to do that. Or maybe there's someone you need to forgive. You've been holding on to a grudge and it's been tearing you up on the inside. And you need to simply say, Father, forgive them. I forgive them. And then finally, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Sin is such a deceitful, lying thing. It promises everything, gives us nothing but bondage. And you have a heavenly Father that wants to deliver you from that. What's got you all bound up this morning? And maybe this kind only comes out by prayer. Pray to him, deliver me. Oh, let me be free. Let me walk in victory.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence right here this morning. Oh, Lord, there's more than two or three, and Lord, I know you are here, and I know you are answering prayer, and Lord, I know you're setting people free. You're drawing people to yourself to love you as they've never loved you before. Thank you. And Lord, I pray that this body here, this local church right here, would become a temple of prayer. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.